All right, let's get started this morning. Uh, Acts chapter 22 is going to be our uh, main verse, Acts 22.10, and uh, Edgar Vargas, if you could get that for us. Acts 22.10, Matthew 6.33, Colby, if you'll get that for us, Matthew 8.18, Brian DeBlois, if you'll get that for us. Every disciple looking to ministry must come to a point in their own life personally where they settle their calling. The word settle by definition means to resolve definitely or reach an agreement about. So in the passage that we are going to look at, We see Paul's settled decision about the will of God. And he asks a very important question. What shall I do? So let's read Acts 22 and verse 10. Okay, let's think about settled calling. Let's talk first about the mistaken approach. The first mistaken approach about calling and the will of God is that it's another option of something I could do. For example, I could be a computer engineer or I could be an architect. I could be a landscaper, a general contractor, or I could be a preacher. In other words, the the view on it is that it's another option in a list of occupations we could do. And this is a mistake, but Paul, in our story, he doesn't see it that way. Verse 10, he says, what shall I do? And then he says, Lord. Lord speaks of a higher authority. It's above him. Lord, it communicates this idea of a ruler, a master over and so this is a reference for us because what Paul is actually doing in this moment in this encounter with Jesus is he is surrendering his sovereignty to God's sovereignty what do you want me to do because whatever you say is above me whatever you want is above what I want your plans God, your will, your desires for my life, the things that you want me to pursue, what do you want me to do instead of what is your own plan? What is your own will? What are the things you want to desire for your life? So this is here the first mistake opposite of what Paul does isn't something I could do rather it's something God wants me to do that sovereignty that uh, 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 you know reverent uh, perspective God you are above so what you say is what I'm going to do that's mistake number one number two uh, uh, the mistaken mistaken approach is that we decide when 
we will obey the will of God. In verse 10, uh, uh, you know, here, you know, what shall I do? And then uh, it says, rise and go into Damascus and there you will be told or appointed uh, all that's for you there. So there's not an option of time here. Rise and go. That had an urgency from God. Now is the time. There is where you need to go. So in responding to the call of God, in responding to his will, it's immediate. It's uh, 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 there by obeying and going. That's when he'll find out more about his calling, more about what God will do for him. Think about the, the state in which he's in after this encounter with Jesus. The Bible says the, the light of Christ is so bright it blinds him. So now in, in order to find direction, in order to find clarity, in order to gain sight back, this is an immediate response to go to Damascus. So sometimes, gentlemen, there is a time factor connected to the will of God. Sometimes there is a time factor connected to the plan of God, to the purposes of God. And I speak this from personal experience. I didn't immediately obey the will of God. When I tell you these mistaken approaches, uh, some of these were my perspective. Some of these were, were my viewpoint when it came to calling. And, uh, you know, it was a couple years of, about a couple years of coming to serious men's class, gaining revelation, gaining understanding, gaining wisdom. It was impacting my life. It was influencing my salvation. It was changing me as a worker, as a, a husband, as a father, as a ministry leader. It was getting in, but there was still at work this disconnect. But looking back, I can say with confidence that there was a day that mattered. There was this moment, it was time sensitive, when God asked me the question, I could, it, it was nearly audible, what are you called to? And that day settling the decision, it altered everything. It changed everything. But I, that was a time sensitive moment. We can look in other aspects at maybe states or nations where an opportunity begins to open. An oppor a door into a people group, into a nation begins to open. But that is a limited window of time. China would be a, a recent example. We've seen the door open and there we flooded it with missionaries. We flooded it with uh, sending people in and that door began to close and that door shut down. Right? And now we, we launched a few more because we're seeing that door begin to crack open again. But this is time sensitive. Sometimes the will of God, sometimes the plans, the purposes of God can be time sensitive. That's what we see in our story. Go into Damascus. 
Rise and go. When? Now. Respond now. So these two mistakes, it's optional or an optional in the idea of an occupation. But it's not an occupation. It's a calling. It's a function. Right? It comes from God. Second mistake, it's when I decide. God, it's on my time frame. Those are mistaken approaches. So let's think secondly. Let's talk second about I didn't say no. We have to think then, why would men feel that these mindsets, these viewpoints about calling are acceptable? And it's because I didn't say no. I believe most men here would not blatantly tell God no. I, 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 I have some confidence this morning that it, you know, in, in a conviction moment, in a rally sermon, in a conference sermon, in a men's discipleship, when God visits with us about these arenas of calling in a serious men, in a, in a God moment, we wouldn't blatantly say, no, God, I'm not doing that. No. But we package it up a little bit nicer. I, I could do this. Yeah, God, I could do this. You know, I would do this. I, I, man, I so would. I'm telling you, it would. You know, I may just wind up doing this. I, I felt the call of God. You know, I'd like to do this. I'd really like to do something for God. I'd really like to be used by God in some way. I, I would love that. But not, not yet. Not yet, God. You know, after I... And fill in the blank. You know, I will when... God, first, just let me, right? we don't say no blatantly, we package it up nice, we very diplomatically and politically say no. We, we skirt the issue, we sidestep the issue, but it's still no. We're still not yielding to God in obedience, and that's still disobedience. Let's read Matthew 6 in verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Okay, here in, in Matthew 6, 33, God, Jesus is, is teaching, he's speaking about uh, things that, that overwhelm us uh, in life. These are, uh, you know, the, the necessities of life. Things we must have, uh, food, shelter, clothing. And uh, Jesus is ministering and in that God is going to take care of you. God is going to help you. God is going to provide for you. It is who he is. And then he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, the things that trouble you, the things that overwhelm you, the, th the responsibilities that concern you, all the provisions of life, if you'll seek God first, he'll see to it that these things are taken care of. 
Seek first is a command though. Seek first. But do this first. There's some men, it's like, yeah, no, I will. I'd love to, I'd like to. I, but after I secure all my finances, secure my career. Right? It was a classic statement. So I have something to fall back on. Just in case this doesn't work. Because that's what God does, isn't it? Asks you to do something and then he watches you fall. No, that's, but, but those are things that can overwhelm us. Those are things that can concern us. But if you'll seek first, follow that command, all these things. Matthew 8, 18. Now when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. Okay, here, <clears throat> this, this, we're taking just a piece out, but he gave a command to depart to the other side. This, the context of this is the crowds are following Jesus. The disciples are there with Jesus. There's, there's people that are interested in following Jesus. There's people, they haven't settled the, the decision about following Jesus, becoming a disciple, a, a follower, a learner of Jesus. So he tells the multitudes, he gives a command, right, to a mass of people. But think about this. Every individual had to make a choice. Here's the command. Depart to the other side. But every individual has to make a choice. And this is followed by two men. A scribe comes to him after making that command. Says, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you want. I'm going to do this. Jesus, knowing hearts, he tells him, right? Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words... There may be a cost of some of your comforts. There may be a cost of some of your lifestyle. Things you're accustomed to. Things you, you, are, you prefer. Right? Is, is, and Jesus is saying that. And what does he do? What does that scribe do? Because Jesus is pointing out this will cost. And that's some men's hearts, isn't it? God, I'll do whatever you want. And God tells us what he wants us to do. And then we're like, okay, all right. That's a little more than I was thinking. I thought you were going to give me a leadership church, but okay. Uh, <laughs> pioneering, pulling back. Right? These are the realities of ministry. Depart to the other side. But will you actually do that it's his second uh, followed up by uh, a disciple that comes to him lord i i want to follow you but first let me go and bury my father right again this this isn't in uh, and jesus says let the dead bury the dead but this isn't an issue of like jesus you're telling us to depart to the other side but the funeral is you know, in a couple hours, let me take care of that and then I'll go. And Jesus would be like, nah, just let the dead bury the dead, guys. No, this is, this is more about let me take care of my family as the customs were. I'll follow you after I take care of all of these other responsibilities. And Jesus says, but there is a time frame here. There is an urgency. And let the dead bury the dead means... Means this opportunity, this encounter, 
might not be there at a later date. That door might not be open at a later date. That option might not happen at a later date. But what do we see happen in the story is the multitudes, there are people in that mass that made a decision to depart to the other side. They obeyed the command, but really the will of Jesus. This is what I want you to do. We see the disciples, what do they do? As Jesus tells the multitudes, depart to the other side. These two encounters happen. The scribe comes, the disciple comes, and then Jesus gets into the boat and the Bible says, and the disciples followed Jesus into the boat. They made a decision about his will in that moment. They made a decision about what God called them to do in that moment. It was a yes, not a no from the disciples. So what have you actually said to God's calling? What have you actually said? Is your yes really a yes? Is your yes a settled yes? What have you decided to do with it? Right? Because again, some men, yes. They're yes. But like the two sons in the parable Jesus says, one says yes and never goes. One says no, but then goes. Who obeyed? Who, the one who ultimately did the will of the Father. So what are you going to do with it? Let's close. Let's think about settled calling. So what we see in our story of Paul is settled calling. It's a settled decision. Verse 10, what shall I do, Lord? He asks God what he wants him to do. That's a question, what do you want me to do? That's a question that will be answered daily. Daily we have to make decisions for our calling. Daily we must make decisions about our calling. Right, your your prayer life. Your Bible reading life. Your, your, your evangelistic life. All of these are involved in that daily decision. What do you want me to do today, God? I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to sleep in, okay? No, no, no praying. Just focus on work. I know you're super busy. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do today? You've made a decision about calling right now, this morning. This was a calling decision. This was a, this was a future pastor decision. This is a disciple decision. Right? I, you know, it was one of those things I remember hearing about serious men and, and I was new leading a band and, you know, God had just, just changed my heart, man. I got saved and I'm like, yeah, serious man, what's that about? And and they're like, yeah, we do it at 7 a.m. And I heard 7 a.m. And then I was like, what? why? Why would you do that? I mean, it, you know. But it, those were 
ministry decisions, calling decisions. You'll do this daily. You'll make this decision seasonally. Uh, tragedy is you see men, they make decisions that are good because there's someone watching. Because pastor is watching. Because pastor is taking note. You know, hey, I didn't see you in prayer. Everything good, you know. Hey, I know you're leading a band, but you're not in prayer. What, you know? And so, oh yeah, and you're constantly adjusting and readjusting and, and uh, 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 getting back on track. And, and men get out. They're pastoring, but they're not praying. I'm pioneering. I'm working a job. I'm, but you're not praying. You know, you're not evangelizing. You're not studying, not reading. Right? It's going to happen seasonally. I don't, I don't call our men and ask them, hey, you know, after prayer, let me go down the list of every pioneer, national pastor, missionary worker. Did you make it to prayer this morning? Uh, no, it has to be settled. And seasonally, you'll have to make those decisions at different junctions in life. Life comes with all kinds of things we didn't expect and responsibilities we didn't expect, but what do you want me to do? So Paul obeys it. Paul obeys what Jesus wants him to do. Rise and go to Damascus and there you'll be told all that is appointed to you. And in that he is led to a man by the name of Ananias. ...to a specific location that God told him to go. At a street called Straight. It is in that moment that he is... ...Ananias prays for him. And he is... ...the Bible says like scales fall from his eyes... ...and he receives his sight and then he's baptized. And all of this takes place. But his actions fell in line with his question. What do you want me to do? Rise and go to Damascus. And he did that. And he settled. From that day forward, we see Paul settle. I am going to do what God wants me to do. I am going to pursue what God wants me to pursue. I am going to yield to what God tells me to do. So this is this is something every disciple pursuing ministry must settle. Their calling decision, their ministry, future ministry, pastoral ministry decision. When you settle it, that's going to guard you against those mistakes we talked about, about optional calling or at a later time, God, when I decide it's time. And then settled calling will solidify. It's going to solidify some things in your salvation. And it will change your entire life. I can tell you from the day I walked out of Yavapai College, starting orientation, first day. And that was my story. That's not for every person. What are you called to? And I made that decision. Man, it solidified. That's it. This is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to pursue. 
I'm all in. This is it. Going to Pastor Greg that very next service, Wednesday night. Going up to, I'd already been coming to, to Serious Men. I'd already been here, you know, taking notes for nearly two years. And it was there, but it was this tug of war. And it was this constant, I'm in. And I'm not sabotaging my life, but I'm pulling way back. And, you know, and it's all these different. But I went, Pastor, I want you to disciple me. I want to preach the gospel. That's what I'm going to do. My next, shortly after that, uh, uh, came to my uh, annual review in the emergency department. Okay, so you said you wanted to pursue the, uh, get your RN. You talked about phlebotomy last time. You had all these other, and I had some of those links already checked off. And I said, but I'm not going to pursue the RN career anymore. Oh, really? What are you going to do? I'm going to pursue pastoral ministry. I want to become a pastor. Right? Is you're, you're, you're making decisions. Those, those are choices. Those are, that's my five-year plan. I want to be in ministry. That's where I want to be five years from now. That's what I told my superiors. And, and you know what? I said, you know what? That makes sense. That's who you are, Jesse. Right? So all of this is, but that is connected. It's intertwined. It will change your entire life. I called John Duff, he's pioneering in Sarasota, and uh, talked to him about, he had shared with me a story and confirmed it with him that he lacked confidence for his calling. He lacked confidence for pastoral ministry. Like, I mean, I remember when I moved here very quickly in 2020, we went to lunch and, and the conversation turned into calling. Not, not, I'm just trying to get to know the guy, but it turns out, how do you know? And da, 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 and, and then, you know, other lunches, it's like always wound up with calling. And in my head, it's like, John, it's there. It's there, I, you know. Uh, but he said, well, you know, you preached a conference and you preached on confidence for ministry. And you prayed for disciples that were lacking the confidence. And he said, I stood up and I prayed that day. I settled my calling. I think it was about six months later, if my time serves me right, he went on staff, then sent out to Pioneer. Because it revolutionizes everything. It changes everything. Changes your decisions. Is this a God decision? Is this a ministry decision? Is this a calling decision? Is this going to bring me closer to those things or is this choice going to bring me farther away? Right? And as you navigate and work that out, but it must be settled. Okay, let's open it up for some questions. Yeah, Micah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it, and it looks different at different stages and seasons, Micah, you know. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've stayed connected in all throughout my ministry with my family, you know. It's not like, hey, I don't got time for you guys because uh, I'm doing the things of God here. No, it's all connected. Uh, but in that story, again, 
is, is in the customs of Jewish tradition, it's like, you know, he's going to take care of his father monetarily, money, financially. He's going to take care of his father and his housing. He's going to take care of his father and his health. He's going to take care, you know, and that's going all the way until he passes, taking care of every single decision, right, in that, in that old age of his life. And so, uh, but you know what? We live in a very different generation. So much can be done digitally and online, right? So many choices can be, can be accomplished, and then it depends on family, right? Is, uh, you know, every time I've left, there's always been siblings here with parents and family, and, you know, it's just case by case. And then things change. I've seen men in their ministry. Uh, you know, I can think right now of four, four pastors that now are later in life and wherever they're at, they've moved, you know, a parent with them, right? And taking care of them in their old age, but while serving in ministry. So it's it very, yeah, it, it, it works out, right? Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will fall into place. God cares about your family more than you do, right? And so he'll see to it and help you, yep. but we don't allow family to interrupt or disrupt what God has called us to, right? To seek first. So, yeah, but it does, it does balance out. Yeah. God is a God of balance. Yeah, Anthony. I think this is uh, something that kind of comes across my mind quite often is I get the feeling or the thought, did I wait too long to respond to God's will? Because I was, I felt called when I was Sure, sure. It took a couple years. Sure. Is that reasonable for that? Because that's quite often what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's, that's again an access point hell wants to use to, to discourage. Like, oh, darn it, I've, I've wasted so much time. All those years I could have. And yeah, sure. But you learn from it for the next guy right, that you're working with. No, I've been where you're at, you know. I've, I, I have experienced what you're experiencing. So rather than wait, if I could do it again, I'd, I'd jump right in, right. But that's not your story. And uh, God is a God of plan A's, B's, C's, D's, E, F, you know, on, etc. You know, A2, <laughs> B2. <laughs> so... So he works with us. That's, that's the grace and mercy of God. But with each step of the way, I do see, I, and that's why I say, you know, I, I wasted time for years. But I think for me personally, that day, what are you called to was a major junction. That was a, that was a, that was a moment, a time-sensitive moment, looking back for me. But then, like I said, on the other hand, sometimes there's men, they, they could have responded. Maybe God was even dealing with them about China. Or we've heard the testimony of Pastor Mark Olson, of Pastor Wayman pooling for the Philippines. And he said, what did he say in his seat? He's told us, come on, Joe Campbell, raise your hand, you know. But it's him. God wanted him. 
And as he went in, it, that door was so time sensitive. And look, look what God did. Just, I mean, <laughs> uh, 600 plus churches throughout uh, the Philippines, if I remember right. You know, so it, it was so time sensitive. The point isn't to look back and say, dang, I should have done more. The point is to look ahead and say, I will make the decision to respond to God when he, t when he speaks to me. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, At the end of the day, though, God doesn't, God doesn't make mistakes, right? It's like, you know, in the shakings of life, oh, did I hear God right? You know, and God's like, sorry, my bad. I, I was talking to the guy next to you. You were too close, you know. Personal space, keep that in mind, you know. Uh, so God doesn't make those mistakes. And, and I've been there, let's say, maybe not in my discipleship questioning it, but in my actual ministry, uh, going through a very difficult season in Santa Fe and feeling like someone else needs to be here. I made a mistake in all of this and, and I called Pastor Greg and I told him those things. I said, I'm, I should not be here. The church is falling apart. The sky is falling. Everything's a disaster, you know, and, and questioning my calling. And he said, but God called you. And if God called you, then he's going to help you. And those words set me free immediately. And that was another, you know what? Yeah, yeah, God called me here and I settled it. No, I'm not gonna accept this lie that I shouldn't be here. And shortly after that, man, things turned around. We saw incredible, incredible momentum again and breakthroughs. Yep. So sometimes in those shakings, we could wrestle with it, but you gotta, you've got to let it go from your head to your heart, but God called me. So that, that changes everything. Yep. Yep, John? So how do you know if you surrender? As far as what? What do you mean? To God's calling or God's will for your life. Because it, it, it manifests in every decision, right? Like I said, how do you know if you're surrendered? Well, are you doing what God wants you to do? What does he want you to do? Right? We might not know the city, John. We might not know what conference. Is it going to be January 2024, July 2024? Is it going to go 25? We don't know those. But our, are our decisions bringing us closer to that or not? Right? Is our uh, 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 fundamentals of our salvation, I know God wants me to pray daily to seek him early in the morning. I know God wants me to read the word, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I know God wants me to evangelize, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? There are, fu there are some fundamentals. I know God wants me, if you're a new convert, to get baptized, right? Because that's a step of obedience. I know God wants me to be filled with the Holy Ghost, right? There's our... I know God wants me to tithe. I know God wants me to, to, to give offerings. Those are all areas of surrender that will bring you closer in your calling. Yep. How do I know if I'm surrendered doesn't come to the 180 microphone, right? And so there's so much more behind the scenes. I know God wants me to be a selfless husband, 
I know God wants me to be a balanced father, right? Those are things we can, we can respond to the call of God in every day. Yep. Good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in that two different scenarios, one, he's sending them out and they're coming back to him. The second time he's sending them out and they're going out. Right. So two different needs for two different scenarios. Yep. Yep. So in the in the first mission, God is going to supply every piece of that. Right. Don't worry about it. Don't don't rely on yourself in these arenas. Rely on God. He's teaching them something. And God responded, God answered, right? But in the second one, okay, now it's a different stage, right? I'm sending you out and I'm, I'm ascending. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit, right? It's two different scenarios, so, yep, yep. Good. Good, good. Any other questions? Yeah, Edgar. Yeah. Looking back, do you think if you would have pursued the career, gotten your RN, stayed safe, stayed with the church, do you think you would have eventually also pursued the ministry as well? Or do you think if you wouldn't have done that? Yeah. I don't know. It's a hypothetical. But I know that, as Pastor Greg said, <clears throat> has, has said, is the... Uh, cost gets greater the more you wait so the cost gets greater you know you go from making one a one wage as a tech you know in the er to a significantly different wage as an rn right you know there's and, and it just it changes and and then it consumes your your pursuit your focus you know so that's a hypothetical, but looking back, I think in all that God has done in my life, all the privilege of things I've been able to, uh, you know, do and, and, and see, and that was, a, that was a junction, Edgar. That was a junction in life. That was, a, that was a, to me, a time sensitive, right? What are you called to? God, in that moment, that's the point. That, is a, that, was, a, that was a huge shift. And, uh, you know, I actually have had converts say in my ministry in Santa Fe, in Rochester, thanks for not going to nursing school. Like le legit, because I, I wouldn't have been there at that time. It pushed, I got, I went on staff two years from that decision, two years later. So you push everything back four years just for the schooling part of it. I would have been just finishing up, you know, halfway at a halfway point when I got launched. So I'm telling you, it was a junction point. So I can't say what I would have done. My guess is probably not. Probably not. Yep. How did, how 
how did your wife navigate that decision when you were, because I'm sure you were telling her, like, I'm going to be a nurse hunter, this is the idea, the sacrifice, sure. blah, blah, blah. How did she take the, the shift in direction? That is a great question, Anthony. And men, if you are not married yet, the second most important decision in your life, your salvation is the first, who you marry is the second. Anthony, my wife always saw my potential in ministry. We knew that's what ultimately I was called to do. So when I made that decision, it was a, it was a no-brainer. It was, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, but we knew. We, we knew we were both called to ministry. We were just wasting time, right? And so... Uh, so yeah, for me it was it was absolutely uh, she was on board with it. So, but that's why it's a very very important who you marry matters. Yeah, when it comes to this, yeah, you are called and you are not married. It's very important. Yep, good, very good. Yes. Um, the hypothetical question. Okay. the cost gets greater. Okay. Yeah. So it basically comes to mind of kicking against the goat. Mm-hmm. Is that the same thing? No, in that is he was resisting, right? And, and when you kick against the goat, that is an imagery of uh, an ox or a donkey or a horse. They would have these sharp uh, pointed uh, sticks and they would drive them into the heels of whatever beast they're trying to navigate, you know, and it's kicking against it because it doesn't want to do the work. It doesn't want to go forward. So it's kicking against that. And that was really more about Paul's defiance as he is defying God and pursuing Christians. But the more he fights, the more, you know, Christianity is spreading. You're fighting something you're not going to win. And you're, you're inflicting pain on yourself. So a little, it's different than, than what we're talking about here. What we're talking about as far as the cost becomes greater is that, you know, the more settled you become in life, the more comforts you build, the more uh, established you become, right? All of those things, it, it can get harder to say yes. And so that's, that's, that's more what I meant there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. One more. Tony? Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so you've settled that you want to, but you have to ask God for that then. God, if this is what you want me to do, then give me a heart for it, right? And, and that's going to look a, a lot of different ways, uh, Tony, is, is do you have a heart for people, right? Do you have a heart for evangelism? Do you have a heart for prayer? Do you have a heart for Bible reading? If those things are missing, okay. God, if you've called me to this, then you've got you've to put it in me, right? And I remember in that time uh, that I shared with you in Santa Fe and questioning my calling, calling Pastor Greg, but God called you. And I remember after that, I remember praying, God, 
if you've called me to do this for the rest of my life, then give me the steadfastness and faithfulness of Pastor Wayman Mitchell. If I'm supposed to do this for the rest of my life, put that in me. Those were, that was a prayer I prayed. And that was something I prayed frequently. I often share with you guys, I've prayed, help me to articulate sentences, convey thoughts like Pastor Greg. But then I would also pray and give me the steadfastness, faithfulness and resilience of Pastor Wayman Mitchell. I want that. So pray for it. God would love to answer that prayer. Put those things in you. Because he will equip he will equip you with what you need for the task he's called you to. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Good. Good questions, guys. Let's believe God for a Holy Ghost Sunday.